Hi there, and welcome to the Wakos Family Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 19, and I'm Sonia Wood, and I'm going to be sharing with you another story from the Wakos Ministry Messages little booklet, this little booklet which I narrated some time ago and converted into an audiobook, and it was actually written by Missy. It's quite interesting when I listen to it now, now that she's an adult woman and I and I listen to or read this book that she wrote, which she always insists on me reminding people that it was inspired by the Lord and written by her hand because it's very mature. You know, the lessons hold a lot of weight and a lot of value, the lessons I'm saying, because I believe, you know, that we can all get some lesson from them. But they they stories. They short stories that she wrote and we put them into publication into this little book called Oikos Ministry Messages. And they specifically called that, and they're not called, you know, short stories by Missy or something, because they're very profoundly written with um, each one bringing a specific message, um, a message that she felt convicted by or that the Lord led her to write. So this next one is called The Porcelain Doll. And it's a story about God making each one of us uniquely and in a, you know, in a specific, unique purpose for each one of us. And it's her comparing herself as the porcelain doll with her friend who was more relating to being a rag doll. It's an interesting story and, you know, and how it develops. And <laughs> there's, there's a lot in it, actually, just so much. Um, in the story that one can take from different elements from it, whether it be that uniqueness of each individual or whether it be a message of salvation or calling on the Lord in times of difficulty. There's many different elements in it that you might just find useful or helpful. And what I have been amazed with, again, I'll say, is the maturity of these stories. And that's why I can understand you know, why it is that Missy is so insistent that these stories are, um, that the emphasis of them and the, the honoring of them and the recognition of them must be given to the Lord because she is aware that when she was writing them, she was very, very inspired by the Lord when she wrote them. So here is the next story, The Porcelain Doll, and thank you for listening. Oh, this story is a little bit longer than you know, the others, um, I think it's about a half an hour, but I really encourage you to listen to the whole story because it, each sort of 10 minutes has got a different lesson in it. Or, you know, As I say, I keep calling them lessons. It is just a short story, but there's so much to gain from it. So I hope you will find it encouraging and uplifting and inspiring. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. The Porcelain Doll Soft olive eyes slowly rose from their play as their owner's mouth uttered a faint exclamation. Look, mother, the rain has increased. It is now making little waterfalls off the roof. The child rose from her game and securely folded her doll into the crook of her arm. She swayed towards the window to examine the current of rainwater closer. Her mother's soothing tones followed her. Yes, indeed you are right, dear. The rain has definitely increased. I do believe that, due to these circumstances, a lovely warm fire is in order. Don't you agree? The child's sweet voice confirmed the matter, and within minutes a cherry fire crackled in the hearth, declaring that cocoa would also suit the chilly weather. The mother rose and softly patted her way towards the kitchen to brew the agreeable beverage. 
Allured back towards the centre of the room by the hiss and pop of the leaping flames, the child settled back down amidst the colourful mixture of fabrics. They were each folded into neat, straight little piles, and each stack held the small palette of colours. The girl's eyes danced with excitement as to which one to pick. Her delicate fingers caressed a pale pink silk. Gathering it up, she held it towards the lamplight and giving it a slight shake to remove the few wrinkles, she smiled. This would be the next dress her doll should wear. Her small, skillful fingers moved quickly as she removed the white gown that covered the doll's porcelain form and replaced it with a soft pink dress. White torrents of lace tumbled from the neckline towards the slender waist of the doll, where they were secured by a broad mother-of-pearl ribbon, which would in a moment's time be tied in a splendid bow at the back of the dress. From the ribbon, a large expanse of pink fabric fled out into a glorious display of 18th-century fashion. A stiff lace petticoat peeped out from beneath the silk to confirm its existence. Tiny pearl buttons followed a straight line up the back of the dress to meet with the lace collar at the neck. Missy's delicate fingers were engaged in the task of fastening the dozen buttons when her mother re-entered the room, bearing a large tray of rainy day treats, along with a pot of taste bud tickling cocoa. Setting the tray upon the coffee table, she knelt down beside her daughter. Picking up a woolen coat, she handed it to the child, saying, Don't you think that your doll would be in need of a jersey today? I'm sure she must be terribly cold wearing only a light dress. The mother's eyes sparkled as she commanded her face to remain free of the smile that was lurking. When her gaze came to rest upon her daughter, all thoughts of mirth vanished, for her dear little girl's face held a look of pure unbelief. Her eyes were wide with shock, and her rosy lips had formed a perfect O. After a few moments had passed and the child had gathered her composure, she looked deeply into her mother's eyes, and in a voice that translated her shocked face, she responded, Mother, my doll is made of porcelain. She's hollow inside and does not have feelings. She comes from a mould somewhere. She cannot feel the cold, for she cannot feel it all. She is not real. The mother's face was masked into one of extreme self-control, for every millimetre ached to be released into a delighted laugh. But knowing that this matter was most serious for her child, she would not succumb to the bubble of laughter forming at the base of her throat. Instead, she rose to her feet and focused her attention towards filling mugs with steaming cocoa, so as to conceal her features in case they disobeyed her. When she felt she could trust her voice once more, she responded to her daughter's statement, I know that your doll is not real, Missy, but sometimes it is fun to just pretend that it is. For when you are mummy one day, you will have to consider that your baby may be cold and put a jersey on it. So when you play with your baby dolls now, you can practice for when you have your own baby that will need your constant care. Her daughter seemed to accept this explanation, but also confirmed the fact that her dolls were not real babies. Choosing not to continue in the discussion, the mother chose instead to change the subject. Missy, why don't you come and help me spoon the cream on top of the cocoa before it gets too cold? The child's quick response to the request pleased the mother, and as she stood and watched the delicate hands determinedly take hold of the silver spoon and begin to transfer the fluffy white cream carefully on top of the steaming contents, she allowed the smile to present itself. She most definitely had a unique daughter. A few days after this discussion in the lounge on that rainy day, 
The mother watched with interest from her bedroom window as the little girl contentedly pushed a cane baby carriage around the garden. As the mother watched, the breeze tangled itself in the child's honey locks and tumbled them in play. Unconcerned as to the welfare of her own appearance, the girl's slight form bent instantly to peer into the carriage. She adjusted the blankets that covered the doll and arranged the fabric bonnet around the porcelain face. Content that the proper adjustments had been made, the child straightened and continued her relaxed stroll around the garden, stopping here and there to examine a fresh bud or a butterfly balancing upon a stem. The mother's watchful gaze danced as her heart overflowed with love for the little girl wandering through the garden. Upon re-entering the house, the child, seeing her mother's gaze, simply stated, I took my doll for a ride through the garden to see all the flowers, even though I know she's not real. I just pretended that she liked flowers, because I do. So saying, the girl with her carriage and the doll quickly made their way down the passage and into the pretty girlish room. A soft chuckle from the mother followed them. The clock struck one, simultaneously as the call for lunch echoed through the large house. Doors swung open from all sides as the family made haste to gather around the laden lunch table. After the grace had been offered and the plates filled with mouth-watering delicacies, the calming tone of the mother rose above the murmur of conversation to make an announcement. Just before the call to lunch, I was on the phone with my dear friend Jenny. She asked if we were engaged this afternoon, for she wished to visit. I told her she was most welcome to come, and so we will be having visitors arriving at 2.30. Turning her attention to the little girl seated beside her, she continued, That means, Missy, that you will have a little friend to play this afternoon. I hope you will be a good and polite hostess, remembering that Anne is your guest and so you must make her feel comfortable. Ask her which game she would like to play. This is an opportunity for you to apply what we read in our Bible study this morning. Peter spoke about how we are to live for God. Remember what he said in chapter 4, verses 8 to 12? Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power for ever and ever. Amen. Do this today. Be God's servant to Anne. Let her leave feeling overwhelmed by his presence and love for her. Be his servant, Missy. The child's eyes had grown wide as her mother spoke. She did wish to be God's servant each and every day. But the thought of Anne coming for the whole afternoon filled her with misery. Anne was always so loud and bouncy. She always wanted to play rough games that generally resulted in Missy getting injured in some way or other. How could she look forward to hosting a girl she did not enjoy spending time with? As the thought entered her mind, she felt ashamed. Had her mother not just read that we should, above all, love each other deeply? How could she be so selfish as to only think about her own enjoyment? She thought, Anne's going to take all my attention, and I wanted to play quietly today. I wanted to take my dolls down to the swing after lunch and have a tea party in the garden later with Mother. With her mind in the midst of this misery, a thought suddenly appeared. She could do all she had planned for that afternoon, but instead of doing it alone, she would invite Anne to join her, 
and if her guest did not wish to engage in Missy's plans, then she would simply have her tea party tomorrow with her mother. Pleased that she had reached a solution, the little girl turned her eyes to her mother, and with a smile of sweet obedience, she stated mildly, I'll be pleased to be a hostess for Anne this afternoon, and I will pray that God may lead us in our play, for Anne can sometimes choose to play games that I know you or God would not like. But I know that with his help, I'll be able to gently suggest that we play something else that would be more honoring of him and you. Stopping to consider her next question, she slowly asked with uncertain eyes, Mother, do you think it would be a right if I suggest to Anne that we have a tea party for our dolls in the garden? Then she quickly added, I'll be content if she does not want to. But do you think it would be appropriate as a hostess to make a suggestion as the type of game we can play? The charming lift of the mother's lips filled the little heart with hope. Why, yes, Missy, I don't believe that it would be inappropriate for you to make a suggestion. But if Anne does not accept it and her suggestion for play is one that you know I would approve of, then hopefully you will agree to play without argument or discussion. Laying an affectionate hand upon the small arm, she released the smile to its full potential while saying, I'm very pleased with you for making the right decision and playing your games for this afternoon with Anne. I know that you can find her tiring at times. That is why I only suggested an afternoon visit, so that you may not be taxed too greatly. But thank you for being willing to be a kind and hospitable hostess, and remember that the Lord is always by your side to help and encourage you. He will also help you, give you the words you need, if the conversation or game travel in an inappropriate manner. You just need to call on Him whenever you are in need of assistance, and He will be right there to aid and support you. Opening her arms wide to allow the little form a protected place upon her lap, she engulfed her in a tight hug as she softly whispered into her ear, I love you so very much, my dear girl. Snuggling a little bit closer, the sweet breath of the girl tickled the mother's neck as she sighed, I love you too, mum. I want to play with your doll, Anne's shrill voice demanded. Fear gripped at Missy's heart, for she loved her fragile porcelain doll dearly, and the thought that of releasing its delicate porcelain form over to Anne's rough hands horrified her. But remembering her mother's words earlier that day, about God being with her whenever she may need, she slid her dainty eyelids closed and offered up a quick, urgent prayer for his help and guidance. Feeling that he was by her side and would lead her in her words, she softly but firmly stated, You see, Anne, this doll is very special. It is made out of an extremely fine porcelain. It can break or chip very easily, much like a teacup. Stopping to pray for extra strength, Missy continued sweetly, You may play with her, but please be very careful. My mother has taught me to take care of my toys, and so I would appreciate it if you could play gently with my doll for I wish to give her to my own little girl one day, and so would not like it if she were broken or chipped. Anne listened wide-eyed, and when Missy reached the end of her explanation, merely said in as relaxed a voice as she could muster, Oh, never mind then. I will play with the rag doll. They don't mind if I drop them. They just tumble around and land in a big heap, ready to be dropped again. The speaker's eyes took on a thoughtful glint as she examined the brightly painted fabric doll that lay drooping over the crook of her arm. Her thoughts were earnest as they dove into the secret places of one's brain. 
Missy, not certain of the odd expression that had engulfed her friend's features, decided it would be best to remain silent and wait patiently for Anne to manage her thoughts. After a few moments, the vivacious character of the girl was once again visible as she grabbed the limp arm of the rag doll and rushed off towards the swings, calling loudly as she ran, Come along, Missy, let's go swinging! Thinking that she must have imagined the thoughtful expression moments before, the quieter girl demurely made her way down the bank towards the swings, completely unaware that within a few hours she would be involved in a discussion that would mould her character for the remainder of her life. As the golden rays softly filtered through the vibrant leaves and landed gently upon the little girls at play, the honey locks vibrated with the warm rays while the brunette strands bathed in the pleasant glow, making her otherwise dull hair shimmer with life and warmth. The young heads were bent earnestly over the small table that had been engulfed by dainty tea accessories, cups and saucers with pretty little flowers weaving their painted faces hither and thither over the crockery's pale pink surface. A matching teapot, milk jug and sugar bowl claimed the centre of the lace-draped table. A pink side plate supported the base of a cookie mountain, which the eager little hands quickly attended to. With choc-chip crumbs lingering upon the full red lips and a soft glow adding colour to the rounded cheeks, Anne's eyes once again adopted a thoughtful look. This time, she chose to share it with her companion. With a quieter tone than one she was recognised for, she slowly asked, Missy, what kind of doll would you describe yourself as? Startled at this unusual query, Missy took a moment to formalise an answer. When she was satisfied with the structure of her response, she gathered a large amount of oxygen into her lungs and prepared herself to voice her statement. Well, I do believe that the most appropriate doll that I would classify myself as would have to be a porcelain doll. For I'm not very strong or robust. I don't enjoy rowdy play. I find much more satisfaction in playing quietly in the shade of a tree than to be climbing in it. I'm very delicate and fragile. Without much force you can injure or break me, so I need to be cared for in a gentle manner. Then with a soft smile playing about her face, she continued. I also take enjoyment in dressing in dainty feminine dresses and skirts, so I avoid play that would involve getting me all my clothing dirty or placing me in an undignified position. Being a little lady, that is how I would describe myself if asked. At times I don't feel I deserve the title but I do wish to obtain it at some point. When I'm grown, I hope I'll be able to be like the woman described in Proverbs 31. I think that she is the most beautiful lady ever described in words. Pausing to release a heartfelt sigh, claiming the eyes of her listener, she was suddenly reminded of the original question she was asked. A large guilty grin trickled over her smooth features as she rushed to say, Oh, I am sorry, I did get a little carried away, did I not? A honey-drenched giggle gushed forth before she finished her sentence, reclaiming control of her mouth, she asked sincerely, And what doll would you say you are like, Anne? The young girl's eyes glistened with excitement as she answered without a flicker of hesitation. I knew you would be a porcelain doll, that is exactly how I would describe you. Examining her friend for a moment, she chuckled self-consciously, adding, Besides, you're too pretty to be any other doll. Another giggle escaped before her large bright eyes focused earnestly upon a dancing leaf jumping along the fresh mowed lawn. She actually seemed to be gathering her thoughts. 
something Missy never would have imagined Anne doing. After a moment, her smooth voice trickled along the slight distance between the girls. Well, I've been thinking about that question ever since I asked you. At first, I thought that I would describe myself as a Barbie doll because I love the way that they have so many things. There are Barbie cars, Barbie TVs, Barbie tennis courts, Barbie beauty salons, houses, dogs, cats, bicycles, and huge wardrobes. Barbies seem to have everything that I want, and so I thought that I would like to be like them. But as you were talking, I realized that describing myself like a Barbie would not be a true reflection of my character. My life does not involve all those accessories that Barbies seem to need to have. Maybe I would like to have all those things, but right now I don't, and to be completely honest, I don't think I would need them, all of them, to make me happy or to complete my life. So I'm not a Barbie. I am a... Her large eyes travelled around the lawn as if searching for something. Then dropping them to her lap, she excitedly exclaimed, A rag doll. That is the doll that I relate myself to. Her face was radiant, her eyes shining, her mouth playing with a smile. She was a picture of someone that had just made a terrific discovery that would benefit them and others for years to come. Enjoying the wonder of her revelation, she merely sat and soaked it in for some time. Missy sat demurely with her delicate hands folded neatly upon her lace skirt and her little head slightly down, patiently waiting for her guest to continue in her dialogue. When at last the girl's voice once more filled the air between them, she was ready and her eyes rose with haste to meet the animated face of the speaker. She was willing to hear all that Anne chose to share with her, and so with dedicated eyes and a pleasant tilt of her lips, she sat and listened. Yes, I do believe that is it. A rag doll is exactly like me. It can be tossed and dropped without any injury to itself. It has robust clothing that can withstand the perils of mud and grass stains. Its hair is made up of coarse wool that is tied in long, carefree plaits so that it does not need too much attention. You can do whatever you please with it without breaking it. You can tie it in the trees, roll it down the passage, swing it high and low, and no harm will come to it. That is the way that I am. I love being able to get muddy, climb trees, roly-poly down the passageway. I don't mind getting hurt, for I know that it will heal in a few days. I love sports and rough plays. I dislike wearing dresses and skirts with a passion. My hair must not cause me any trouble or get in my way. She twirled her cocoa-coloured plaits as she spoke. Yes, a rag doll is definitely like me in every way. A playful giggle escaped her rounded lips as she swung herself out of her dainty chair and exclaimed in her typical vivacious manner. This is fun, relating ourselves to dolls, but now let's go swing again. Missy did not hesitate, nor could she, if she had wished so, for her little friend was bounding down the hill on the opposite side of the garden before Missy had even risen from her own chair. A gentle smile danced across her face as she watched the other girls spring eagerly upon an unsuspecting swing. A beckoning hand was raised as the loud voice travelled quickly across the sweet-smelling lawn. Come on, Missy, don't dawdle. Lifting her feet into a quicker step, her smile grew in its glee. As her mind tumbled along thoughts of their recent conversation and serious face and sincere statements, gazing at the laughing girl upon the swing, she wondered if she had just imagined it. Reaching the bottom of the bank, she grasped the rope of the nearest swing and gently slid herself onto the wooden seat. 
she decided that she would monitor the conversation and if the opportunity presented itself, she would see if their last conversation had been real. She did not have to wait long, for within minutes of her slipping onto the swing, Anne's strident tones bombarded the sweet stillness. It is amazing how each one of us is so different. We are all unique in our own way, with our own strengths and weaknesses. Can you imagine how boring this world would be if we were all just the same? If we all looked the same, all acted the same, and all spoke the same? I think God must be very creative to have made each one of us to be so different. Can you imagine making so many different things? Her eyes grew large, and her swing lost some of its momentum. A silence fell between the two as both were lost in the mysteries of their own thoughts. Finally, Missy's soft tones trickled into the crisp air. Yes, I do believe that you are right, Anne. We should all see our differences and enjoy them, not trying to change for the world's perception. If we do change it all, it should be because we are not following God's plan for our lives. I don't know about you, Anne, but I would certainly not wish to be out of God's plan. The two girls dropped once more into silence as they pondered this serious matter. Anne broke it in exclaiming, That must be the most terrible thing to do, go out of God's plan. After all, He made us and He has a purpose for us all. If we try and change ourselves or make our own life plans, then we will never get to see what the Lord had purpose for us. Tears glistened in the small girl's eyes as she whispered, I don't ever want to do that. I want to see what God has planned for me, for it will be perfect and wonderful and made especially for me. The young girls exchanged a solemn glance before Missy's sincere words were allowed to escape from her sweet lips. Yes, I too wish to remain in God's plan. Let us pray together now that God will help us to stay firmly on his path and that we will not be tempted to stray away from him. Slipping from their wooden swings, the two girls settled themselves humbly on the grass-laid floor. White-faced daisies tangled themselves around the bent forms as the little hands folded in sweet innocence and earnest heads bowed before their master. Missy's voice was the first one to travel towards its heavenly father. Whispering in a voice barely audible, she began, Dear Father in heaven, thank you for making us all so unique. Please be with Anne and I as we continue to grow and come to know you more. Please keep us close to you always. Don't let us stray. Bring people into our lives that can remind us of you and help us on our journey to grow closer to you each day. Please, dear Father, let us live the life you have planned. Don't let us be distracted by worldly things that are not of you. Thank you for always being there for us and loving us unconditionally. In your dear, lovely, glorious name, amen. A pause wiggled itself into the space between Missy's amen and Anne's question whisper. How do I pray like that? You prayed like you were speaking to your dad or grandpa. God seems too busy to listen to what I have to say. He must have a lot of people's problems to solve. How can he hear just my little ones? Raising her eyes to meet the confused one of her friend, Missy quickly requested the Lord's help in answering these questions. Letting a smile soften her face, she gently answered in the words that he gave. Well, Anne, I have always prayed like that. God is not just a great and mighty force that controls all creation, but he is also a loving father, a sweet and loving heavenly father that always wishes to help his children. 
we can take all our problems to Him, and He will listen to them all with a loving Father ear. He loves us and does not wish harm to come to us. We are His dear children. The only time we can't have communication with Him is when sin is in our way. For He is holy and righteous and does not tolerate sin. But that is why He sent His only Son, Jesus, to take our sins from us when He died on the cross. We have been washed clean and so now we can have a relationship with our Lord. He even left His Spirit for us when He ascended back into heaven. So we have Him with us always. You don't have to be afraid of coming to Him with your problems, for He already knows them and is just waiting for you to come to Him so that He can help you solve them. He loves you more than anyone on earth ever could. His love is eternal. You have it forever and ever. Taking her friend's trembling hand, her quiet tones urged. Pray now, Anne. Pray to your loving Father in heaven. He is waiting to hear your voice. With a quivering voice and tear-tumbled cheeks, Anne once more bowed her head and simply prayed. Dear God, thank you for loving me so much that you took all my sins on the cross. Please be with me forever. I don't want to live my life without you. I can't live without you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Tears dropped from the long eyelashes and plunged down on the smooth cheeks, but a smile flickered in the damp eyes as Anne spoke this time to her little friend seated beside her. Thank you, Missy. Thank you for reminding me that the Lord is always with me and ready to help me whenever I need him. I'd forgotten that. Stopping to think for a moment, Anne continued. Or perhaps I never knew it. The smile travelled to her lips, playing with the corners till they grew into a sufficient grin. Reaching out her grass and mud-stained arms, she engulfed Missy's delicate form with a tight squeeze. Thanks, was the single word that thrilled Missy's ears. Letting a smile of her own take shape, she returned the embrace, thanking God that she could help bring Anne closer to him. This was how the mothers found the children a few moments later. When inquiring as to the cause of the sudden affection, Anne eagerly informed her mother of what had happened. Eyes dancing and hands flying, she shared the conversation they had been involved in that day and the prayer she had just offered up to her mighty Lord and Saviour. She ended with, I can take anything that is troubling me or becoming a problem in my life to the Lord, and He will hear me and help me. Isn't that just wonderful, Mum? The same light did not fill Anne's mother's eyes as it had hers, but fixing a smile upon her face, she replied as sweetly as she could manage, Yes, Anne, that is very wonderful. I'm happy that you have had a good day, but we came looking for you girls to tell you that we have to go home. Have you got all your toys and games, Anne? The sparkle in the girl's face diminished like a tender flower exposed to extreme temperatures. Something that had been so beautiful moments ago was now shriveled and dying. In a downcast voice, Anne replied, Yes, Mum, I have all that I brought with me. The sharp tone of the woman addressing her daughter polluted the sweet spring air. Right then, say your goodbyes and then we must leave. With that, the straight figure turned and made her way up the hill, leaving the two girls to slowly trudge behind her. Hand in hand, they followed the disappearing form. They did not share a word until they reached the car. Then turning for their farewell hug, Missy whispered into Anne's ear, Goodbye. I'll keep praying for you, that you keep going to God your father. Separating from the embrace, Anne's eyes held a glimmer of the sparkle that had been there not more than ten minutes ago. Thank you, Missy she breathed before sliding into the car. Waving the car out of sight, tears tumbled down Missy's face. 
just before she was gathered into a soothing embrace of her mother. She was free to sob now, safe in her mother's arms, letting her emotions loose. She buried her head into the comforting shoulder and cried and cried for all the people that did not know the Lord, cried for those who did not want to know him, but mostly cried for those who were not given freedom to love him. A few days passed before the little girl and her loving mother prepared for their long-awaited tea party in the garden. As they prepared the little tray and laid the small table with delicious treats, the mother noticed that something was troubling her child. She had not been herself since her friend's visit. Her eyes did not hold the same sparkle, her lips did not as eagerly curl into a smile, and her usual pensive nature seemed all the more alert and troubled. Deciding that the time had come for her to intervene, she gracefully settled down upon the tiny pink plastic chair, accepted a dainty cup of tea and pondered how to best start the conversation. Much to her relief, the child's voice trickled along the lace tablecloth, holding the question of her troubled mind. Mother, when Anne visited last week, we spoke about something I wish to talk to you about. Trying not to let her face betray too much of her relief, she simply said, You know you can talk to me about anything. Pleased with this affirmation, the girl lifted up her eyes and met those of her mother and quietly began. We were talking about how each one of us has a different character and personality and how amazing God is making us all so different. The emerald eyes dropped to examine the doll's perfect hair. She continued in a quieter tone. We then spoke about which type of doll we would describe ourselves as. Anne thought that a rag doll best described her nature, and I thought that I would be more like a porcelain doll. What do you think? An adoring smile smoothed the mother's face as she lovingly reached out her hand to caress her child's cheek. Seeing the approval in her mother's eyes, the little figure slipped off her chair and sought a contented seat on her mother's lap. After some moments, the lady trusted her voice enough to speak. Yes, dear. I would most certainly agree that a porcelain doll is most closely representative of you and your nature. It is amazing the way that our Lord makes each one of us different. We should help and support one another in those differences. She rested her head atop the golden locks of her child. A silence settled between the two who were both lost in their own thoughts. At last, a slightly confused voice questioned, So is it all right for me to be like a porcelain doll? Or should I try and be tougher and harder? A sweet laugh filtered through the air as the mother gathered her child closer and gazing deeply into the innocent eyes answered mildly, Well, do you wish to change something that God has made? Something that is perfect just the way it is? For it was moulded with his all-knowing hands and sculptured exactly the way he wished to see it. I would not wish to change that. Then letting her voice take a firmer motherly tone, she added, But now, we all do have imperfections and aspects to our characters that are not from God. They are our selfish, carnal characters that we should surrender over to Him so that He can make something beautiful out of them. You asked if it was all right that you are a delicate, fragile girl. Well, I think that it is perfectly fine. That was the way that God made you, so you should enjoy it. But don't let that characteristic become your God. Let him have control of it and use it for his kingdom. If he needs you to be strong and powerful, then he will enable you to do that. Leave it to him, Missy. He is very capable. He loves you more than you could ever know. He will help and guide you through all of life's trials and troubles, if only you will let him. 
The child's eyes were wide, but understanding melted into them, as her rosy lips confirmed. I will let him. I will let him have complete control over my life. I look forward to seeing what he will do with it. And so we leave this precious scene, with the little girl cuddled upon her mother's lap as sun rays dance upon the flax of her hair and prompt a rosy glow upon her cheeks. But it is the trust that lies in the emerald eyes that will remain with us, for that trust surpasses any human trust, for it is a trust and confidence that can come only from an innocent child prepared to lay its entire life in the hands of her Creator and see what he will do with it. What an exciting journey lies ahead for the small child that is prepared to surrender to him.